What's up? What's up, dude? This is uh, this Monitor Podcast 117, man. Welcome, everybody. Thanks for joining us again this week. We have a special guest this week. You know, for the last two, two to three years of this podcast, we've had an imposter. We've had somebody fronting, acting like they're, you know, legit uh, Afro-Latino. Uh, they don't really know the difference of Puerto Rican and Dominican, just kind of all over the place. But uh, Sammy's no longer with us, so we had to get the real deal this week. Um, Juan Bago, what's up, dude? What's up, bro? What's what's going on? What what, what are you talking about here? There's a uh, a little situation going on here with authenticity of Afro Latinoness. Yeah, yeah, man. Like, you know, um, basically we're stupid Mexicans. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can say that. You can say that. Like, oh, wow. like, yo, this, the podcast is amazing. Just stupid Mexicans, and it's like, whoa, <laughs> hey, hey, bro. Don't do that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Dude, uh okay, so this week's guest is is Juan Bago or so your your real name is Michael Diaz, right? What's the Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well I think I think it was it's part of branding, right? Like I was Michael yeah. Diaz and then my first project ever, um, I got with my friends and we did a independent feature and then we were like yeah. really stuck on the title of the movie and the, yeah. the title the guy was Juan but never had a last name. And then the gringo Dominican that I was, I was like, yo, Bago's lazy. And then I trademarked it. I, I did all the stuff by the, by the book. And then one day my cousin's like, yo, my man, um, Bago? I'm like, yeah, it's John, you know, John Lazy in Spanish. He's like, no, dude, Bago in Spanish is with a V. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I knew that. I knew that. <laughs> but I was such a hustler that I would go out and I would network and eventually, when I was asked to do projects, they're like, yo, what's your name? The Juan Bago, like, really picked up. So I was yeah. like, you know what? Let's yeah. have my, my alias. And so, like, even if the IRS comes after me as Juan Bago, you can't really – there's there's no there's no internet uh, imprint. Like, you can't – you search Michael Diaz, and it's like nothing. You put Bago, it's me, but it's not the government name. So it works. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I recommend yeah. That. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Now that's a lot like Sammy actually. When we were doing the web series The Moss and the Power, we yeah. had this character, Juan Yerbas, who's basically John Johnny Weeds, a Johnny a pothead. Yeah. And that kind of took a life of its own and he ended up kind of becoming that for social media, you know. Um, but but yeah, that's gotta be a weird thing. You know, that happens to a lot of people, I think, because even like Chingo Bling, who we've worked with in the past you know, like he just becomes Chingo Bling and then there also becomes a weird part, a weird point in your life and career where you're like, who the fuck am I? Like, am I just this persona? Is that yeah. something you've struggled with or like, well, yeah, let, let me, t before we get into that, I guess, like, so you're, 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 tell me a little, you know, a lot of our followers have heard of you. You've been around for a while doing this, yeah. this game, you know, doing this stuff for a minute. You talked about this independent feature you did, which was like, when was that? What year was that? Oh my God! It's uh, fit oh well, uh, two thousand six. It came out in the, in the festival. So yeah. fifteen years, fifteen years. Yeah, that yeah. Was and like, that was like, like, you guys played at like, do you guys played at like New York, New York Latino, and like, or the, the what were you guys yeah. doing? Yeah. Well, we yeah. we had it at that film festival, and then yeah. um, that film festival went on tour as well. So they did it in uh, Pennsylvania. So it it was showing there. I then went yeah. through some distribution hell 
as an independent filmmaker for his time, like trying to get a distribution yeah. deal, especially like 15 years ago where that part uh, of the yeah. completely whatever. So it literally yeah. was I picked up and then shelved. But it was like mm. my first project and I like that was my baby. So I really I had to go through all the bumps and bruises of one, raising money, yeah. shooting it, editing it, getting in the festival, and then the last second try to get this distribution deal. So um that was my first project ever. That was it. That was literally my thing. No short film, no sketches, just a feature. Started off right with that project. Damn. And at the time, were you thinking like you wanted to kind of write and direct or write direct and be in your movies? You want to be like Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, like Goodwill Hunting? Or what were you thinking at the oh, time? Uh, you know, I I uh, imagine that. I got Dominican. Uh, that would have been. I should have done that. I should have done like a remix, by the way, right? Right. <laughs> No, I I literally just wanted to to write and produce. It was a, a thing where um, looking for the right person to play that role and then mm. filming it independently where I would have to be doing weekends and nights. It was a grueling, expecting a lot from the lead. So the yeah. the guy that directed it was like, dude, just just be Juan Vago, man. Just just play it. And I was like, I bet. Mm. That way. I can't complain to myself about shooting at two in the morning, right? I, I have to do it. Yeah, yeah. I ended yeah. up acting in it, but my my original thing was just writing and producing it and just putting it together. Got it, got it. And what were you doing? Like, so are you you're in New York City now, right? I mean, that's where we're you're doing this from, or where are you now? Yeah. So I when I started was in Washington Heights. I was in the Heights for mm -hmm. like sixteen years. Now I'm in the South Bronx near Yankee Stadium. Okay. I am in New York, located in New York. Got it. And and did you grow up there? Where'd you grow up? So I, my, if if I go back uh, yeah. prior to me, yeah. my parents yeah. came from Dominican, my Dominican Republic. My mom yeah. moved uh, in Washington Heights in her late teens. My dad moved to West Harlem, and then they got married and they moved to New Rochelle. My father was working in construction, uh, so he moved to New Rochelle, and then. And I always joke, my dad wanted to be away, far away from the in-laws. So he moved way <laughs> out in Connecticut, where you're like, literally, he's like, oh, she wants to come? Wait, oh, in two weeks? Okay, I'm ready. So he yeah. would like, more like an hour, 40 minutes away from me. And we always joked about that. So I grew yeah. up in Connecticut. And then in my early 20s, uh, my friend actually wanted to be the filmmaker, and I wanted to quote unquote mm. be the actor so we were like yo let's just move to the heights and i moved to the heights and then that's full circle right now as far as heights and now i'm in the Bronx. oh wow wow okay so did you did you know you wanted to do this like when you were in high school were you kind of into entertainment or like being creative in this nah. way or how'd you how'd you end nah, up doing nah. like yeah nah 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 and then and then i, I think I, I spoke about this recently it was more of like i don't think it, it wasn't until i saw john leguizamo through the mm. HBO when they would he mm. would do the theater and then HBO would pick it up and put it. It wasn't until I saw John Leguizamo where I was like, okay, this is something. You know, I was always a class clown at work amongst friends, mm. always joking around. But it's like, where was that comedy in in the Caribbean? Like seeing who like I can aspire to be. Um, that is when it sparked. And that's when yeah. I was like, yeah, I want to come to New York. But then as soon as I went to New York and I tried to do casting, it was just background for, for law and order, you know, drug dealer, dead body, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Thug yeah, number one. Yeah. 
snitches yeah. is like okay and so that kind of that kind of got me really frustrated because yeah. uh being at that age a lot of times people would be like yo you got like a mean grill face you know like I, I didn't smile much so people thought i was really serious so you know you can imagine i'm getting a headshot and i look really serious and then yeah, yeah. you know to me i'm i'm comedic so it's like I'm not projecting what I really wanted to do. So that's when I had a couple of years and I was in the Heights. I got with some like-minded people and I'm like, yo, let's just, let's create something. Let's do a comedy. There's not really much that, yeah. you know, Dominicans at that time were doing a lot of stuff in Dominican Republic. There was no mm. second generation Dominicans doing it here. It was all DR, what, all Dominican, low it, budget. But- so they were doing like indie films in the DR or what? Like, cause that yeah. was like, like early mid two thousands, right? Like how are yeah. you, what was the, you know, straight to VHS sort of shit or what? Like, like, or see DVD or whatever, you know, like video sort of stuff or how big is yeah. the entertainment market down there? Like, well, right now, forget about it. Like there is a machine, yeah. right? But back then yeah. there was, yeah, it, it, it was like the bootleg you were probably getting Washington Heights or like, <laughs> VHS and like they had a cult following here because a lot of immigrants that came from Dominican Republic they wanted to see it. Uh, there, as a matter of fact, mm-hmm. one of the classic movies was called Nueva York and Nueva York Tre. So the filmmaker made it <laughs> made a, a part one and a three. He never did a two. He was he was super he was superstitious. He's like nah, the second one's never did well. So he did the third one. And it, it made, the main character was a really famous Dominican comedian in Dominican Republic, and his thing was coming in, living in the couch, and it's the whole journey of like immigrant journey. But then there were other films that were happening in Dominican Republic. But hey, I'm gonna stop you. What was the name of that movie? You said, "Well, who's the actor in that?" Like, because I don't know any. Say that again. His name is Balbuena. Balbuena. Okay. Yeah. Look it up. Nueva York. N e n u uh, n u e b a and then y o l and it's got like a, it's oh. him with a hat and it's like an app you see it it's a classic bro it's classic okay. and um, so you probably find it on YouTube then right like you find yeah. something of it on yeah okay yeah man. yeah man yeah man okay so so when I started as a matter of fact. Um, you might know this actor. He's he's a uh, Dominican actor called Manny Perez. You I've heard the name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was one of the first individuals. Was like not only an actor, but he was a producer. He did a movie called Washington Heights. It came out in two thousand three, but it was a serious yeah. film. Uh, it was about an actor. Uh, it was about someone that had a, like run the bodega, but he wanted to be an artist, so he had to balance it out. That was it. Other than that, there was nothing else going on, even in the comedy space. That so, one like played at like Sundance and stuff, didn't it? Washington yeah, Heights, it was kind of an indie darling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. it was just that, and that was serious. But like for comedy, there really wasn't anything. It was just really mm. Dominican from Dominican Republic. Um, mm. And so like, you know, there was a void there, you know? There was a lot of yeah. individuals that I know that could relate to. Like I, I grew up. I know my uncles, my relatives see that, but like, what about us? What about the second generation Dominicans that speak English, you know, live in the Heights, experience it? Where's the comedy for that? Um, yeah. And so after I did the movie, I started a comedy troupe on 28 and it was tough to dist- like, we would do sketches and it was really difficult to put it on a platform because it was too Americanized for the, the Latino space. 
And then yeah. it was too Latino for the main mainstream. So we were caught in the middle. So it's like, oh, they, they, you, you guys do Latin sketches? All right. They assumed it was in Spanish. And we were kind of trying to be like, no, it's not Spanish. It's like, it's all English. It's a, it's, it, it has an American style, um, an Americanized type of comedy. It was just, we're Latinos. So we really yeah. were always put in the middle. It was really hard for us to really put it out there because that market wasn't even there. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a really tough nut to crack. I mean, it's something that like, I think as, as uh, Latino creators, like you, obviously it's the whole thing of like, are we Latino? Are you Dominican? Are you Mexican, Mexican American? And then, and then when you start breaking that down from a business standpoint, I think it gets even like trickier. Cause like people are like, well, you know, let's do Let's look at the numbers. How many Dominican Americans are there? How many, you know, what's the market there to support this or whatever. And, and I, I understand like as frustrating as the Latino label or the Latinx label or the Hispanic label or whatever you want to call it is as, as somebody who's specifically like one of the cultures, I understand the need for it because it lumping it together does make a better business case. You know, Um, the problem is that like, you know, you don't understand half of it. Like, right. Like you're naming these, this, the Nueva York and all that stuff. And like, I mean, I'm pretty sure I would probably like find it funny, but marketing it can be challenging. Right. Um, And, and, and that, man, I, I really applaud like, you know, you were talking about, you you played at the New York Latino International Film Festival in 2006 with, with your uh, feature. Mm-hmm. I, I remember I went I went to that festival in 2007 with a short film that I did, and oh shit I I must have we must have then crossed paths because I, I think I, you guys were there I remember seeing the Room 128 thing and kind of hearing yeah. about you guys um, I spent a whole week there you know it used to be what's his name uh something Chinchilla was the director Calixto. yeah Calixto, Calixto. Chinchilla. yeah 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 he was wow. the, the founder he was the, the founder. It was called the Grass Grows Green, um, and um, it played um, played a lot of festivals in 2007. We shot it in 2006, uh, but I remember going to uh, uh, to New York Latino and and like you know watching like a lot of the shorts and kind of the combination of stuff and from the different uh, nationalities and stuff and thinking like this is dope, this is awesome they're doing it. I remember, you know, HBO was always a big sponsor of the festival mm-hmm. from what I recall. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think HBO has always been really good about supporting, um, the different sub cultures, if you will. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, like you said, supporting, uh, uh Leguizamo, uh, then they have another uh, series. I think now, like it's now anyway, like for, uh, for Latino comics, Entre Nos, which is a standup yeah. kind of series. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've always kind of played in that space, but it's it's challenging, man. It's super, super challenging, I've found. Um, and I, I mean, even like for you guys, like, I mean, the cool thing about you guys or the good thing is that HBO is based in New York City, right? Like they're yeah. Yeah. Like headquartered. They yeah. They're headquartered. Yeah. Uh, I think they moved now all the way down to uh, Hudson Yards uh, on 34th Street. But yeah, okay. they, they were always on 42nd Street around there. But you make yeah. a really valid point because it's like, and I mentioned this, it's like the Dominican slang will make a lot of Dominicans laugh 
Mm-hmm. And the intent is there, but if you're not Dominican, you're not gonna laugh. And it's not because it wasn't funny. It's just you're gonna lose a. a, a is, and how do you subtitle Spanish? Uh, it's very Spanish. difficult. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're gonna like like for Mexican, you're gonna have like sub. You know what I mean? So I, yeah, I agree, yeah. with you. and that's probably why it's so hard because if you really make it very niche in a small town in the Dominican Republic with the way they speak. Somebody from Ecuador or Mexico, even parts yeah. of Puerto Rico, they're not going to get it. And I think that's so, sort of like when some people, sometimes they people try to put like a blanket over all oh, the Latin space, throw it in there. It's like, yeah. ah, because it, there's a certain specific thing in, in different, even different towns. Like people from Dominican Republic from the capital don't speak the same way they do where like Santiago. It's crazy. Yeah. It's like very, it's, it's just split in there. And then when it comes to content creating, you're right. Like you can really nail it, but even when in, when you try to market it in the Latino space, you're going to lose some of the, the you're going to, especially when it's comedy and you're being very specific, you're going to lose some mm-hmm. of your audience just because mm-hmm. they, they didn't get it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I think the cool thing that started happening for a minute was, you know, using the internet to reach like a really targeted audience and, and how that could, because you're online, you can aggregate a little easier but I still think people kind of screwed that up here and there. I mean, you guys, or you worked with, or did Room 128 work with Flama or one of the online, or I can't remember. I, I was working with, I was working with Flama. Room 28 was working mm-hmm. with Masmer or, and. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and so like, but it was tough because we were a group. So being that mm-hmm. we were a group and some of the, Others that were a part of Masmar were getting like like, like web series and and characters, mm. same characters and developing it even mm. even if it's uh it was reoccurring, but when you're doing when you're a sketch group and you have a group, it was a little bit more uh, more difficult in the sense of branding mm. it because it could be one offs. But I was working with Flama and I I noticed that some of the sketches that if I would do would be a little too Dominican. It the comments on YouTube was like yo like. The Mexican comments, they're like, yo, what, what is this shit? We're better than you. I'm like, oh, we're better. I'm like, you know, yeah. Yeah. YouTube comments really, uh, I think I needed just therapy just for YouTube comments. That was it. Like, <laughs> straight up. I didn't make an appointment yeah. because I would read, like, when I did Puerto Rican versus Dominican, I literally even made the intent of, like, they ended up being, like, half brothers. But when I read the comments, I'm like, yo, Wow, this is a sketch, you know that, right? And yeah. it was like, yo, I'm telling you, there were some Mexicans who were like, it don't matter, we're better than both of y'all. I'm like, all right, we're all oh, fine, okay. <laughs> but had a very heavy West Coast because they started uh, getting content yeah. uh, con- creators from the West Coast. So the foundation was a, a lot of West Coast. So when I was starting to do some of the East Coast stuff, it, 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 would, it would like... It, it, just people that were just trolls, you know, yeah, just being, yeah. you know, like, the, the most favorite one was a, a dummy in a can. I was like, oh, wow, okay. If I was in eighth grade, I would hurt my feelings, but I see this thing <laughs> that I'm a dummy in a can. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to feel hurt for you. That was, uh, you, know. you know, that's so, funny you say that, though, because I thought, I thought Flama was doing a pretty good job of kind of getting like a pretty good cross-section because they had, they, they had like, uh, what's her name, Joanna Hausman, who's like Venezuelan. Yeah. Um, they, had, they had a number of like kind of an East, Cro- East Coast, con- you know, contingency there. And it, 
well, Flama was a Univision. Yeah, 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 right, right. Which is but, Miami, but but yeah, okay. But yeah. but but that was and and obviously naturally in the development that was like two three years in right because Joanna Houseman, Gabe Gonzalez, Andrew Santiago, they had some stuff that that was in their later part in the beginning. They what they did was they got a lot of. Uh, Mexican YouTubers and they yeah. really started they they had a partnership so a lot of the content was there and oh, then yeah, yeah, yeah. Puerto Rican versus Dominican was my second video because the first one was five signs that you're Dominican and it was like okay <laughs> and then and then I had to do the next one and I was like I right, you know what let me flip it because everyone was doing listicles let me flip it yeah, let me have beef yeah. with the Puerto Ricans yeah. Uh, and then that kind of sprung it because it went viral. And then that was where it was like, oh, shit. There was a because there was a lot of audience that didn't know what Flama was. And it came in. And then that's when they started to really push more and more the East Coast. And then they had the talking heads. And then the talking heads was East Coast. And so it started to balance out in the, okay. in the third, fourth year that they were doing it. Yeah, yeah. That's wild. It's interesting hearing those stories. I mean, I feel like there was... We started this Madre like around 2013, mm-hmm. which is fucking seven, eight years ago, you know, and that's when I think a lot of this was taken off uh, mm-hmm. for the digital space. Me Too, which, yeah. you know, was also doing their thing. Um, we met you, dude, I don't remember how we met you exactly or like who introduced us, but it, I think it was 2014 or 2015. Yeah, you came I, to I just, the, I, We met up. Yeah, we, we went to the Heights and we went, we met oh, at some like health food restaurant. I was like, well, okay, we're meeting at this place. You were like on a health kick. You were eating salads and shit. You're still on a health kick. I can see. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. What happened was that's why it's called Pepperoni. And I use that as my office. And okay. the owner was Dominican, which is why like it's so crazy because okay. he's like, I'm like, no one knew that he was Dominican. And like he was just making all these Dominican foods healthy, but I feel like we did get introduced by somebody, and you were like, "I'm gonna be in New York." I was like, "My man, just yo, come to the Heights yeah. and hung out." And I remember that that was yeah, that was a fun, yeah, fun. yeah. I, it, it just it's like a crazy time for us because we were really trying to push a lot of our content and trying to reach out and network and meet people and stuff. And 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 you reminded me, I think, like when Flama started, they were working with like. Lil Moco, we were talking about the LA stuff, right? It was basically like, I think they partnered with Lil Moco and maybe, um, what's his name? Um, Eric, what, what is it? He, he, he was Cuban and he lived in Vegas? Was that? Yeah, that's Lil Moco. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, okay. I think he may be half. I think he might be half Cuban, half Mexican, or, or he. But he played Mexicans. He played the the cholo, like yeah, the, the, yeah. With the, um, with, with the drops on his face, the big, the big oversized drop. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's a little mocha. Yeah, all parodies. Wow. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yo, time flies, yo. Time, <laughs> that was an era of like sketch. See, that's the thing about it. Like, if you lift up the the curtain, there was a time where you know, even before Flama, because Flama was the niche of the the Latin. Uh, the Latin uh, space. But before that yeah. was a lot of sketches because they were pumping mm-hmm. a lot of money to do sketches and stuff. And then everyone was doing, some people were doing independent, but it was the wild, wild west. Because then Me Too, yeah. Pero Mike came, Massimo yeah. Hor came. So it was like four mm-hmm. platforms, wild, wild yeah. west, 
doing sketches and you had mm-hmm. like a little vocal that every two, three months he dropped a, he dropped a song and thing and that shit just went viral. It was crazy back then. Yeah. 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 No, it was it was a fun time and we had a lot of fun doing stuff and kind of trying to play in that space and figure it mm-hmm. out. Um how did how did the relationship with um Mas Mejor come about and and what can you tell us about that? Because that was like Lorne Michaels. That was like Saturday Night Live sort of spinoff, right? That was uh, Fred Armisen, who I didn't even know was fucking Latino, but I guess he was. was like, in German. Yeah. Venezuelan yeah, it, I didn't even know. I like it was like, yeah, he did one character in SNL. Like he played like the drum set. He was like, I'm just right. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> um, what? How they found us, do you know that it's still a mystery? Like, we were all, like, we got a cold email, like, just from nowhere. Uh-huh. This, is uh-huh. our, this is top secret. We would like you guys to, you know, meet up. And we were like, oh. <laughs> And we were like, what? And then they, and then they, they got us because they were like, come to SNL stage. And we took a picture. We were like, oh, my God. <laughs> we fucking know it. We put a secret, you know. But... Broadway video uh, had above That's average and yeah. they had already uh, a YouTube channel yeah. and they yeah. wanted to get the, the, the space, but their, their business model was different. Their business model was more developing it and then licensing it. And then, cause uh, Frankie Quiones did something for MTV uh, yeah. for Yo Latino. They, they worked with him. Little, little spookies, the HBO series. Spookies, a yeah. Broadway video with Julio uh, Torres. So, uh, they they were developing it and then licensing to to send it out while Flama was in house and then yeah, there. So, yeah. so yeah. Masmo only did it for two three years because that business model was a little bit tougher. So they were working more on the back end. But honestly, to this day, we don't even we don't even know. Like wow. it was always like yo how, yo how, whatever fine we we're that yeah. we're that cool. They found us. All right, cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, interesting man yeah. yeah there's so many like it, it's crazy you know what what i think is crazy is that like for people like yourself like myself who've been kind of at this game for so long i think people see they look at what we're doing and they're like they don't know what the fuck we're doing they don't understand all the plays that you have going at any given time all the stuff where you were this fucking close right to having a show whether that's like a Broadway thing or a network thing or a film, but you know, like the way we operate is like, you just have like so many things going on and one of them is going to hit, you know, and, and it's There's a term, what do they call it? It's like, um, failing up. Have you heard that before? Um, yeah. White people do that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> so you, you do something and then, and then you're like, okay, you, you know, maybe it wasn't a hit, but you met the right, you met some people, right? Right, and, and right, you, right, right. And, and, and it leads, it still leads to another opportunity, basically. It's all relationships. Like even right now today, somebody put a post out saying we're looking for a, uh, a Dominican woman writer for like a video game. Can't tell much detail. And mm. I go to my Rolodex in my mind and I'm like, I know three. It's really relationships. It's really, yeah. it's, it, that's what really comes out of it, right? Like you could work on a project and be really close, but the people that you're working with, you were close, 
we're getting there, you still will hold that relationship. Um, I mean, I mean, I've had obviously like in any business, you have fallouts because of just personality, work ethic, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But ultimately, yeah. because you were talking about feeling up, is because you're you have these friendships and you have these people and you have this network that one day they'll be like, "Yo, they're looking for this." I, I put your name mm-hmm. in there, and it's like, "Thank you," because everyone is yeah. going up, and you have. Well, now I yeah. have friendships of like 12, 13, 14 years. I don't have to think twice. I trust that person. So if that person yeah. needs something, it's there. So I think that's part of the reason why that happens because, yeah. you know, throughout the years you have these friends that you work with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, you were talking about um, this this one bit you did, Dominican versus Puerto Rican. Mm-hmm. What, what was the premise of that or what was the structure for the sketch? Was that one that did really well for you? Is that way you kind of like for Flama or? Um, yeah, yeah. That one, yeah. that one, uh, that one was ridiculous. I mean, uh, shout out to Yamin who was in charge of Flama, but like the video was posted up on their website, Unimas, like a video player. And mm-hmm. like the numbers weren't public. And he was like, dude, this shit hit 2 million. We're going to be putting it on Facebook. And it hit like oh, 6 wow. million. And in a couple of weeks around a time that they only had probably like 300, 200, a thousand likes. So it was just like super fast. It was spreading. Wow. Um, but the premise was, I'd like to think that the box. So a lot of it was all, all these listicles, five signs here, seven to five signs yeah. here. So then I'm like, yo, everything, this, this is based on trolling. Every time you see it, like when I put top five signs here, Dominican, every nationality is like, dying shit, we better than you. So I was like, oh, Oh, okay. My boy Eric did uh, Five Signs Here Puerto Rican. So I'm like, yo, what would happen if one of them does like another one and then the other person's like, fuck you. Like, my, my shit is better than yours. So I did some West Side Story type of like, you know, they're, uh, they're meeting in the court and it's like, yo, we got we got rice and beans. And then I'll be like, well, I have a role and I'll be you know, I'll be like, it's the same shit. So it's like, there's so much commonality. <laughs> But yet there are some little bit differences, but everything is really an opinion, what is better. And then in the right. end, my mother will come out and his mother come out like, are you guys arguing it? Like we were about to fight because it was like at one point we were like, OK, this is getting too escalated. What's going to happen? I was like, yo, let's do this. Let's fight. And I'm doing like my he's drinking his Malta. I'm drinking like a, a Dominican thing. We're getting ready like we're in a boxing corner. And then in <laughs> the end, right when it's about to escalate to get violent our mother comes and it's like, Oh, there was like, they're like step half brothers. This is So so that was the message I wanted because it was like, ultimately on a bigger picture, it's like Latinos are like, whatever, but yo, but we're all, we're we're all together. You know what I mean? Like, you know, people are trying to divide us all the time and being really like, over stupid stuff. As again, if, if you read the comments, it's like, yo, but at the end of the day, we're not that, far apart. Why are we arguing like that? Right. I wanted right. to have that message in that sense of it, which is sort of why in my writing, I didn't want to get too, per- you know, I didn't want to get too personal. You know what I mean? Like, oh, Dominican <laughs> women, they got mustaches. I would have been like, you. So I, <laughs> I didn't want to go that far. You know, it was, it was light stuff, you know, like <laughs> at the time, Dominicans had a reputation of wearing skinny, skinny jeans, but like skinny, like imprint skinny. And we had that reputation. So it, it was examples like that. Uh, no. I see. Uh, I see. So, uh, yeah. 
That's funny. That's hilarious. Like I, we, we on, on this Madre, I think I mentioned to you that, you know, uh, Sammy would often joke around with a Dominican uh, or Puerto Rican accent. And it, yeah. we, ne- we never quite knew what the fuck he was doing, but he has a really good Dominican friend because Sammy went to, to college on the East Coast. Ah. And, and so was probably around that more than most Mexican-American or Tejanos or whatever. Um, I met, I spent three summers on the East coast, uh, in high school. So I have a little bit of exposure to that. Um, mostly from students, uh, there was some from New York, but it was from students from like the Boston area, like Lowell and stuff, which has like a good presence, like a Dominican, um, Afro Latino presence there. Um, and so we, I think we always felt comfortable joking around about it and kind of like Sammy would do this accent and stuff, but we would definitely get called out sometimes. Like, why are you trying to divide Latinos? We're like, we're just fucking around. Y'all need to chill, you know? Like, yeah. it's, it's, it's never like that crazy or whatever. Um, but, but I do want to get your take on Sammy's like, I, I think he, I think this one is like a, a Puerto Rican um, rendition. I don't know what it is. He says it's Puerto Rican, but sometimes he would say it's Dominican. But I right. sent you the link there. Why don't you listen to it and then give us your opinion? Let's just let it play here. You you, you got the control there, so yeah, 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 yeah. Here we go. Okay. Es que ya voy a ser, voy a ser boricua ya. Los mexicanos me traen harto. Así que voy a hablar así como Baboni. Como ando el doble A. Saludos a todos los boricuas. ¿Cómo, cómo está? ¿Cómo está? Jesús, ¿cómo está? ¿Cómo está? ¿Cómo está? confusing me. I thought I was on the wrong podcast. I thought I was on the... Uh... I was like, where did I just... I think I'm in the wrong Zoom right now. All right. So, how trash is this accent? Like, how trash is this? Give us your take on uh, what is it? Is it anything? It's it's it starts off right. It's like it's like he loses steam in every (laughs) sentence. Like he starts off because there is that. There is that, like, that's a personality that, that could be Dominican. Then he throws in Puerto Rican. So I think, I think if he went to DR and spent time, I think he would get it. But it's, it's lazy, not lazy in the sense of, it's just, it's lazy in the tiredness. It doesn't, he doesn't go all out. Like, it's, a, it's like a three in the sense of that because he has some of the, okay. You know, he's got that, because there are, there are Dominicans that are like, oh, okay, but then he threw a couple little Puerto Rican stuff. If we're going to break it down like a scientist, like literally yeah, like, a, yeah. like it's there, but then damn, he doesn't fully commit. It's just, it's just <laughs> so I say there's potential there. Uh, if he's okay. really committed and he really absorbs it more and not, okay. I feel like he, he was like, all right, here's a Dominican. And then he stopped and then started following a Puerto Rican and then went back to Dominican. Like, stick on the Dominican, stick to it. Like, just stick with it. And I think okay. he really nail it. And then, and then he just got to throw a couple of keywords, you know, que lo que mani, you know, oh, oh, you know, like those words with the okay. 
something that he had. I think he could do it. He's got potential, but it was lazy okay. and and it, it loses steam <laughs> right by the end. So right. kudos to him. Okay. It's not trash. It's actually he has a little bit of the you know. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm guessing you could do this. Can I ask you a few questions, and maybe you can you can play you can you can play that up. Like we can you can you can you can you do like full throttle Dominican like like this? <laughs> we can do it in Spanish. We can do it in Spanish or English. What do you think? Uh, yeah, because I'm a gringo myself. So um, yeah, we we can go ahead. We can do my broken Dominican Spanish, or we could do some you know some Spanish. It's funny because if I had to speak Spanish in my regular voice, I. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like in my head, but if I do Dominican, like Dominican and Spanish, for whatever particular reason, it's like, it's like a part of that brain that just takes from when I was in DR. Like it's weird, like with the language thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of this. That's kind of funny because because when we when we would fuck around like speaking Spanish on on our podcast or like in characters and stuff for our sketches, I would always revert to doing the stereotypical Mexican dad voice. You know, which is like awful. Then I'd feel guilty. Like, why do I do that? My own dad doesn't even talk that way. Like, like, <laughs> like it's like you know, un señor del rancho. You know, it's just like you just kind of take it over the top. Yeah. And then, it, then it just becomes like misogynistic, and it's like, whoa, what am I doing? <laughs> it's so true, yo. You know, my cousin and I. My cousin actually does my father better than I do my own father, and then it's like verse okay. by. But it's so funny because, like, if I if I do an impression of my father, yo, people lose it. Like, they're like, oh, my God. But I've been doing it for such a long time that I'm like, really? Okay. But it's true. It's like, damn, yo, I'm doing, like, the typical, you know, Dominican thing. But it's, you know, and it's funny because then you do go to DR and you hear, you're like, oh, shit. That shit is accurate. The fuck? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Te voy a preguntar, vi en tu Instagram que te... Que ya te comprometiste, te vas a casar, Juan Bago. ¿Qué pasó con eso? Yo pensaba que ibas a ser player por vida. ¿Qué pasó? Eh, la, la cosa es que el Instagram uh, se, es como una imagen, un, un mundo que, que, que gente ve, pero en, en verdad yo soy una persona muy seria, tú eres un mujer uno, tú eres, pero yo, 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 yo entiendo como si la gente piensa que Juan Bajo así, con toda esa vaina, pero de verdad yo soy un, un muchacho tranquilito, tú sabes. Entonces te vas a casar, vi que te sí, vas a casar. Eh, voy a casar, eh, tengo planes, pero tú sabes con, con el COVID no puede tener más de dos, cinco, seis gente ahí, so vamos a ver cómo vamos a hacer, tú ves, pero está tranquilito ahí, tú ves. I, I, los planes están ahí, tú ves, con el vaccine y toda esa vaina, vamos a ver. ¿Y dónde vamos a hacer el bachelor party? Eh, puede ser. <laughs> <laughs> en un parte malo, porque no puede hacer el bachelor party, tú ves, en, en frente, pero un pasillo, eh, los tripes en Zoom, eh, puede ser más cosas, tú ves, so, vamos a ver. Te eh, eh, mando el link privado, tú sabes. Orale, orale. All right. <laughs> I'll get you off the spot. I'll get you off the spot. Right. <laughs> oh man, I, I do want to ask you about a famous Dominican. Like I probably the 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 cultural exposure that I have, like I would say the Dominican American. I, I should probably say is is mm-hmm. you know Juno Diaz yeah. being like you know um, kind of the the poster child for. Um, in the, you know, modern literature for, for Dominican Americans or whatever. Mm-hmm. Honestly, when I read his shit, I thought it was dope. Like, yeah. I really liked 
his stuff. Um, Brief Wonders Life of Oscar Wilde. Like, I mean, uh, I think like as a nerd, you know, similar to that character, probably, you know, was super relatable. Somebody who always felt as an outcast and whatnot. And what Mm -hmm. was it like for you, like, you know, what was the reaction when you discovered or, or you know, how much of him have you read and what what is the general kind of like point of view or perspective like from you or your friends that are Dominican on, on Juno? I mean, I, I, Juno, uh, just what he accomplished, obviously, when when he won the won the awards, I know that he won uh, the Pulitzer. So yeah. for him. He, you know, he did drown, and then took ten yeah. years to, to to do that that book, and then he did another one right afterwards. Yeah, um, it, it was big because that space is not dominated by by Latino writers, let alone Dominicans. So, yeah. what he accomplished was really, really big, and inspired another generation of writers because where mm-hmm. he's pushing, he's pushing forward. There are people yeah. there now. I'm I'm part of. Uh, I'm part of the board of Dominican writers and now it's with independent publishing and everything. It's been easier, but this is somebody that really did push it out there and became mainstream. And like for me, when I had John, there are writers out there that could say, okay, Juno Diaz is out there. There's that opportunity. There are all the writers as well. But I think whenever you have somebody that can get that far and push that far, you can inspire to even know that there's a path. Yeah. Yeah. No, I loved, I loved it. I, I, I wonder, was it controversial at all within like your community? Like the subject matter? I mean, it's a little, I don't know if it's misogynistic, but it's just raw. I guess I, I can put it that way. Like it's pretty raw, you know, like, I don't know like how, like the crowd, like it's amazing that that was able to get mainstream a, as far as it did because right. it is pretty raw, you know, oh, but it is. Uh, yeah. But, but that's, that's, that's the thing about it is when we yeah. talk about, Dominicans, and we're talking about second generation Dominicans, and we're talking about Dominicans here, it's completely different from over there. I think over yeah. there, probably be a little bit more like, but here, I think people understood it and how he pushed it and the creativity and like, it's just the way he was going back and forth in, in the generational stuff and the things that he was talking about, it was things that people were like, can, can, that they can relate to, but I think that it was more acceptable, even though it was controversial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I really dug his stuff. I'm actually just thinking about it right now. I feel like I want to go mm-hmm. back and like revisit some of it and stuff. Um, yeah, that's crazy. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a, another famous um Dominican who's who's playing in. I that. love it. I love it. I love it. It's like it's, I got the checklist ready. Yeah, the, the the another famous Dominican who's playing in in the Puerto Rican space, uh, space being J Lo, uh, A Rod. <laughs> you know, A Rod gave me the red first red flag with A Rod was when it, <laughs> was it that JQ magazine where he took a picture in front of a mirror, and he was like looking at his reflection of himself. Look it up. He has this. He did a magazine spread, and he okay. was playing. And he literally was looking at himself in the mirror. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, what's up? Um, he, it's, I'm just so happy <laughs> they, they didn't buy the Mets because right now we would be in a mess. 
J-Lo. Because J-Lo was claiming her dad was a Met fan. And then you got A-Rod. But then A-Rod's like, oh, yeah, we're going to turn City Field to, like, a concert. Like, my man wasn't even thinking about baseball. He was just like, oh, no, we could turn into this whole thing. So, for me, I've really not been a fan of A-Rod. Uh, he is Dominican, but then uh, quick t- uh, fact: in 2000, uh-huh. he had a choice between being with the Dominican baseball team for the world for the Olympics or uh-huh. be with the United States, and he picked the U.S. And that was in 2000, oh. and that was the beginning where I was like, "Oh shit! Like you, Dominican, you don't want to play, you know, in, in DR." And I yeah. think that's when his DR card he had it, but it was like kind of like, "Whoa, whoa, wait a minute, what's going yeah. on here?" It was a great yeah. golden opportunity to rep Dominicans. And he's like, no, I'm playing for the American team. I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. Did he, did he grow up in Florida, right? Or is he? Yeah, he grew up, I yeah. believe, in, he he has an interesting, I think he jumped around different places. I don't know why they mm-hmm. said Heights. I don't think it's my Heights. Manny, Manny Ramirez was Heights. But I think he was Miami in there. But I, I, I got to look it up. It's been a minute. Uh, I haven't checked. But I do know that. Um, he has, yeah, like, I, I don't know. He's, he's always been controversial in that, like, he's, he's kind of a love it or hate it, but mostly he never quite like had that like fan base that some athletes do where like, he's totally adored. I mean, my team is the Texas Rangers, which is a trash team. I grew up in Texas, but he went and joined the Rangers, right? Took that massive contract. The two hundred and fifty million dollar yeah. uh, ten year contract broke all the records for it, and then like basically opted out or broke the contract a few years later. Didn't stay the whole ten. Uh, he was there for two years or something crazy like that, right? Um, right, right. To to piggyback, just just to tell you, so he was with Seattle, and then mm-hmm. he had an opportunity. He 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 teased the Mets, so he was on some like he, he teased them because he's like he, he grew up a Mets fan. He teased yeah. them. Goes with this huge contract with Texas. That was a you guys had a that was a, a big offensive team, but it was he went straight for the money. Then yeah. he was like, okay, he almost got traded to the Red Sox. That fell through. Then got traded to the Yankees. But then he was yeah. second fiddle to a uh, to Jeter and Jeter. that. Yeah. And then he so, he choked for like what like three four years in the playoffs <laughs> until two thousand nine. Yeah. Which was, and he was dating with that actress, so she was like a good luck charm. That was, but then, then we come to find out that he was doing roids. That wasn't the good luck charm. The roids were the good luck. Charm. <laughs> and he always had a problem that he wanted to please. Like it was, so, yeah. that was a problem. He really was seeking for people's approval. When I think if he could have been just really authentic, authentic to himself, and then if he didn't go to the Rangers, and no, no offense to the Rangers, but like if he didn't go, if he really had to stay to Seattle and, and stayed with Ken Griffey, yeah. it, it could have mm-hmm. kept that grassroots. He would have had it. But when he went to the Rangers, clearly he in no taxes, right? At that time, there was no yeah. state tax. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was the big thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He literally was like, I'm going for the money, you know? And yeah. he knew the pressure is not the same. But back to Dominican, yeah, he he's. He's on the bubble, it sounds like. Oh, well, he had amazing PR because, yo, you know, let's be real, man. <laughs> like, I suspended. The Yankees paid him just to be a consultant. And then he had the most, the best PR firm, uh, what's it called? A uh, crisis team and just mm. became likable. He went to the Major League Network with David Ortiz yeah. and these guys, and it was changing it. But whatever. David Ortiz is way more popular. 
as a Dominican baseball player than A Rod, and it's just is he, who who is he kind of like who's the most popular? Who would you say? Big Poppy, Big Poppy, yeah, yeah. Um, because he just you know, it, it, look if if you want to look how things could be, Big Poppy got shot in Dominican Republic <laughs> because he was having sex with a drug big drug dealer in DR and got caught, got sloppy. <laughs> And the Amer- all the all the baseball players, all the Americans, are like, oh man, get better soon. No one mentioned that he got shot because he was messing around with like people who weren't talking about that. And he's married yeah. with kids, but he was so likable, and he's yeah. big pop. Yeah. He's this Dominican thing. They're like, nah, it's all right, man. So be a rod. Yo, it would have been done. He would have been cooked. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, that's. Uh, that's interesting. Yeah, no, Big Poppy's definitely the guy. I mean, uh, one of my favorite characters on SNL is when uh, Keenan does Big Poppy. <laughs> so I, I heard that's Keenan's thing that he just reads the men- Dominican menu. I thought I was like, yo, you had a Dominican consultant? No, that's just him, Keenan. Keenan went reads the menu. I'm like, yo, that shit is that funny. And it's funny because there were times where like, yo, you could have done a Dominican actor and all that, but it's like, but I, I, come on, he's having fun with it, and it's just funny the way he's like, bah, 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 bah. see, he got he got the cadence. He's in there, and I was like, wow, pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's one of my favorite ones. I could watch that those skits over and over. And he's just like he does stupid shit, but like you said, you forgive him because he's so like lovable, you know. Keyword, keyword, and I think that this is why, even for you, for us, for me, intent. Yeah, intent is so important that yeah, your intent. No, I get it. Some people's like, oh, but I'm, that wasn't my intention. No, no, no. I'm talking about intent. Like, if you're coming playfully, you're not trying to hurt anybody. You're not trying to do that. You're trying to have fun and all of that. Then that, to me, is super important. Now, when you're trying to do some comedy and you're like, I don't fuck, whatever, that's when you really cross the line. And it's like, yo, chill. You don't don't cross the line. But it's like this guy doing the impression of the Dominican stuff. I'm not gonna take because I, I love it. It's like the interpretation. Of how yeah. we speak, you know, it's it's yeah. it's the, yeah. the intent is there, and it's not a bad intent, and that's important. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, all right, another person, not Dominican, but I'm curious because he is, um, you know, uh, Afro Latino Caribbean or half half anyway, but he's New mm-hmm. York too. Uh, Takashi six nine. This this <laughs> I'm looking at the, I'm looking at your face. That's why I'm laughing. But what what is up with this guy? Like, <laughs> you know, when the clubs were open and before yeah. he went through the whole thing, he would be up in Washington Heights and Dykeman in the clubs and the whole nine and start shit. But the thing is, is like when you look at it, he's got all these bodyguards and he's talking all that stuff. Something doesn't add up. Like I I still to the day can't understand how this guy has not been retaliated like he really has yeah. to have some type of protection because i see what he does but it's like at some point you gotta let your talent speak for itself and it just can't just be trolling it's 99 yeah. just trolling and i get it yeah. and you know he's not the first to do it but it just gets to a point where it's like you get tired of it and then it's just it gets to a point too it's like dude you gotta you you you're getting protected by somebody because it's it, something is not Something's not adding up. And for me, I'm old school, you know, 
I'm old as hell, so I'm I'm 90s rap. I'm I'm all that stuff. So there's showmanship, and you can have all that. But to me, it just it gets to a point. I was like, come on, it's, it's yeah. Uh, it is what it is, but did, did did you hear of of him as he was coming up, like before he kind of broke like a little more? He's kind of mainstream. I mean, he broke nationally yeah. anyway. I mean, um, he got yeah. a, he got a documentary on Showtime. I mean, the guy yeah. is, you know, yeah. Um, I for me, uh, when it comes to music and it comes to rap, I'm like the last to know. I do know that there was a couple of songs that he had that was like, you know, you don't even know like the lyrics. It's just like, it was like, you literally just like, that's literally every song. And if I go out and I'm like, oh shit, you know, because that's what tends to happen. You could talk shit about a rapper or whatever, but the song comes on and you got a little Henny in you, you're like, oh shit. And it's like, yo, I thought that was the song you were talking shit. I'm like, but yo, you you can't deny. So he's got some songs. <laughs> Obviously, you're in a club. You can't deny. But then it's like, man. Man, I was like so problematic. Yeah, yeah. problematic. Yeah, 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 for sure. And there's no need to mention her at all because the, the queen, you know, Cardi, like that's a crazy story too. But that's a whole other podcast, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but kudos yeah. to her because – yeah, yeah. You know, I remember her when she was stripping and will go on Instagram. That's somebody that, like, that, that to me, what a success story as far as, like, her just doing videos. She, like, mm-hmm. the teeth. She didn't even care because people would put comments. Her teeth were messed up. Mm-hmm. She would come from the yeah. club doing the content. And she grind. I think the story, people sometimes tend to forget, like, if you mm-hmm. have – somewhat of a talent, but your work ethic is unstoppable. Mm-hmm. And that's what it was. So, well, as soon as she saw a little bit of light, that she's like, oh, shit, wait, this is an opportunity. I could become a brand. And then she got into the yeah. music. So for her, it's a success story of the hustle. And that's, like, that's also why probably people like really cheer for her, because it's like she came from nothing, yeah. but she literally was self-made and took advantage of social media. Like, literally, yeah. self-made there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's that's definitely a crazy story. I the last one I want to ask you about yeah. that I'm a fan of is is uh, just the you know uh, Mero from Deez and Mero and those yes. guys, and yes. watch their them kind of. I mean, there's a similar story, right? They hopped around doing so many variations of their their duet duo or whatever. Whether it was on Complex, I think they had a show on or like something on Complex.com. Yeah, that's how it started. They 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 got paired up together. They literally had a, a cheap green screen, very raw. Never had anything that they were in front of video at all. Like these guys were just got together, green screen, and they pretty much do the same thing they're doing now, but with a very low budget. And then they yeah. went to then they went to MTV. They that's had right. like a right. deal, and they they did some stuff, but they were just there. But they. One of the things which I respect the grind was on a contract level, they didn't sign for too long, but then they got what Meryl always told me was they got to learn how to be in front of the camera. So when they have the next opportunity, they really put their reps in. And it's such an important thing. I mean, when it even comes with podcasting, when it comes to anything, reps is so important. And a lot of times, you know, you know, if you go in too quick, because you don't know how to walk in that space, you get exposed. So when they went to MTV, they got the reps. So when they went to Viceland and they were four days a week, 
they were off and running. Oof. And I think that, yeah. that, that, that was the thing. But MTV really showed them the ropes of learning the technical stuff and then being in front of a camera and understanding all of that, that led them yeah. that skill to be the next level. Yeah, yeah. And those guys are raw as fuck, you know, like uh, definitely on their podcast, oh, um, yeah. on the Bodega Boys podcast. I mean, sometimes I like, I'm like, man, it, you know, Sammy and I always struggled with like how crazy to take the podcast and like kind of mm-hmm. like what direction to push it in. I'm sure you've struggled with that sort of stuff um, mm-hmm. on, on, on a lot of your projects. But those guys on the podcast anyway, because there's no holds barred, it's their platform, whatever. They just, I mean, they are raw. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. And but but, you know, but, you know, what's so crazy that and that's how they, they got the whole allegedly and they and it's like. I think at times there are human beings and people that just know how to walk that uh, that tightrope mm-hmm. that you can't mm-hmm. just teach. You know, you can't mm-hmm. be like, this is how you do it. It's yeah. just, it's just everything. Like, you know, like you yeah. could try to emulate it, but you can't because they just have a certain way. But like one of the first times I always remember is like they will see something crazy and they be like, allegedly, you can't get in trouble. Right, with right, right. right. Yeah. You know I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. But they've been really good at that, where the raw yeah. is. Um, but yeah, like they're unique. They're a unique duo in that sense, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Are are the you you kind of know where you've met Jesus and stuff, right? Like, are they are they kind of involved in the community there, the creative like community in some in some manner, or like kind of yeah? I, stuff? yeah. I think before before COVID. Uh, they were partnering with Cash App and they were helping out uh, either local businesses. And I had a friend of mine too who was working with kids and they would they would help out. But they they also on another level is when they were in Showtime as well, they were one of the first ones, especially when it was uh, during COVID where they were getting local politicians. Like they had Corey Bush. So they had, mm. they had a, a politician. So they're very grassroots even when it comes to politics and individuals that are doing stuff in the community. But pre-COVID, yeah. they were they were getting involved in that in that aspect, especially in the Bronx. So Yeah. 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 Crazy. Crazy. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're w- tell me a little bit about your, we'll, we'll wrap this up pretty soon. I won't keep you too yeah, long, yeah. but m- maybe yeah. tell me a l- little bit about um, kind of your work with doing the podcast with you guys were doing, you know, LOL or whatever, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Tell me how that came about, how that's been going for you guys and what you're up to there and, or, you know, what, what are you up to now and stuff? Yeah. So, yeah. so, so uh, started in 2017 um, it, it came from, again, that there was a, a, a couple of guys that started a podcast network and then they wanted to produce a bunch of different podcasts. Um, mm-hmm. I did an online radio show back in 2009, 2010 with, with mm-hmm. Rachel Laloca. And so I'm like, look, we already put the, we put the reps so we can yeah. format that into our podcast. But we felt like, again, at that time in 2017, there wasn't that many, uh, Latino podcasts. I mean, there's Latino mm-hmm. USA, uh, Latinos who lunched. There was a there was a couple, but there wasn't any that we felt like reflective with our voice. So we started the podcast. Um, I left last season because I really wanted to to dedicate more into the writing. Full circle, how I started. I wanted to go back yeah. full circle, yeah. but I think it was when I left. It's it, it's in a space that again it 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 caters to getting people's voices out there that are doing things because at the end of the day we 
we have an ecosystem of where we need to support each other. Podcasters need to support art, artists, comedians, and everything to put out that voice there because it's sometimes hard to be on late night or on a TV show. So if you're able to at least have a platform, especially when you're up and coming, to be able to speak what you're about as a guest in these podcasts, that's a start because you can get yeah. people to bring awareness. So I think that that's always going to be a need in there. Uh, but for yeah. me in the last five, six months, um, I can't really talk about stuff, but there's been stuff that I've been developing and I'm working mm-hmm. on it, but it's pretty much half hour comedies. That That's really what yeah. I want to do. Um, I think acting wise, uh, I'm going to be in a, in a scripted podcast that's going to come out with a lot of dope people. That was a blessing that came out of nowhere. It wasn't like, yo, I want to, I want to act, you know, do voiceover yeah. podcast, uh, acting, but it happened. But ultimately I, I literally want to be a showrunner. I want to, I want to be a producer for, for Latino comedy that can go mainstream yeah. and, and be in a streaming platform. Hentify is doing it right now on my block, but there's not, there's been a couple of shows in it on uh, HBO that's going to be developed, but that's Miami, nothing New York. So I sort of want to yeah. be that, be that person in the East coast that can create some content to get these characters out there. And I think that I've, us have been navigating these spaces and understand everything that I think yeah. that for me, I think that that's my calling where I'm at in my career right now too. You know, it's hard because I'm not doing the podcast. So that's the therapy for me once a week. It's hard because yeah. I'm not doing a sketch that I can share on my Instagram. But, Yo, that shit is funny. I, it's crickets yeah. for me right now. And it's hard because I, it, yeah. you know, Fly my mascara is 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 bago and when I was doing the parody stuff. It was the the crack yeah. every time I could put it, and yeah. I can't. So I've been challenged with that, but I I do know it's going to be worth it in the end. Uh, dedicating yeah. the that type of stuff. So yeah, no, I'm with you right there, man. Because like that stuff is super satisfying. Doing the short form content, throwing it out. It like you said, it is crack. You weren't saying it, but people what he, what Wago was doing right now on, on video is he was acting like he was shooting up his veins right now because it is crack. Like it's fun and and it's fun to turn something around quickly and to put it up and just get a reaction and you feel like you've done something right. But at, at the end of the day, I think what you're kind of saying is that that's like, you know, it is like a bag of chips, you know. But what you're trying to do right now is you're you're trying to just eat healthy for like a year, and yeah. and then like you're gonna have a bigger a bigger result. You know, you're not trying to get instant gratification from doing that sort of stuff. And I think maybe for a while, you know, um, that sort of content, you know, there was the hope that it, it could be monetized, that it would lead directly to something else. But mm-hmm. I think you do get to a point where you if you do if you're considering this like a long play, and you're considering it a career you really got to think about like stuff that has like longer legs and stuff that, you know, the people who really, who break are able to transition and create like stuff that has like, I mean, in a technical term, you're creating IP, you're creating like, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, like for me, like, you know, some of the people or a big one for me, like is thinking about Issa Rae and you know how she did her show and she went from that little web series, but she, at the end of the day, she's a writer, right? Um, and she's created some some really amazing work. Um, but yeah, and, and yeah, I mean, like right now I'm writing too. Like right now my routine is basically like I wake up hella early. Like I wake up at like five because I go to bed early. I go to bed like 1030. I wake nice. up at five, have coffee. And then I basically like 
work for three hours on my writing stuff in the morning. And then I have my, my day job right now, right? Because you got to mm-hmm. pay the bills, you got to do something. And yep. so I put my like most of my energy first in the morning. I do that when it's quiet. Nobody's bothering me. I just don't do any email, whatever. I kind of I got the script out. I'm doing this and that. And you're thinking about that. But then but I'm super tempted at times. Oh man, I just want to write a short right now and I'm going to call these people and yeah. come over to my house. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's like, you know, and I have to stop myself because, because I have the gear, you know, I got a camera, I got it, I got the laptop, I can edit it. And like, I, like, I'm so like, oh my God, like, I'm telling you, like, even last night when I was thinking about you, I was like, yo, I got all these airline miles. I'm going to tell Juan Bago, yo, let's write a short. I'm going to fly him out here in a month and we're going to make a short, you know? <laughs> It's funny because that's what happened. You know, again, I can't mention anything, but the, my partner that I'm working with, he goes, yeah. yo, while we, yo, while we wait, yo, let's like, let's put something together. Because he, he's actually, his last short that he did, it was on HBO, uh, HBO yeah. Latino. But he was like, yo, why don't we just shoot like something real quick, you know? And then we can put it out there, you know? And I'm like, but it's funny. I'm like, nah, 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 chill, chill, chill. But I have, every year is the same thing. I have my boy, shout yeah. out to Ed. Malmini, who has been the editor, voiceover, all that stuff, he always, like, he catches me. Like, like if I was an addict, and, and I would be like, yo, but it's been only six months, man. Like, yeah. Yeah. I'd be like, yo, you know what we should do? We should do a parody of that. He's like, Mike, relax. Stay focused. <laughs> you understand, man? <laughs> I haven't put out a video like in five months, man. I, I think I lost it. I don't yeah. know if I- anymore it's crazy you know because you know what's so crazy the crazy shit is that if we put something together right now it's better than the 10 years 10 years ago that we did we could fucking you know but then it's it's the discipline and and the the truth and the truth of the matter is that i will when i have the time and i i I reach the milestone i'll fuck around we'll get together like yo let's do something put it out there we'll find it on Sundays like we could do that but like in this time right now I gotta stay fucking strong man yeah I have one one thing that I want and I'll share it because I've been wanting to do it for a while but COVID messed it up I wanted to do a parody on Narcos uh, and in in Washington Heights and and the the Bronx in there there's uh, Nutcrackers I don't know if you've ever heard of Nutcrackers has there ever gone to where you live with nutcrackers it's literally no. like a thing of drink and it has like seven different types of liquor it's like well, like, like a long island iced tea with a hood yeah. version and this shit is like <laughs> in the summertime here smells like cakes like this guy that was the first guy like the godfather of the nutcrackers yeah i was buying a mansion and shit they were like you a drug dealer no i sell nutcrackers from my barber shop so we <laughs> wanted to do a narcos but with the drink and like how the madrina, like the madrina, is like you know how like the Colombian madrina, and I was gonna like I had a friend of mine that had a mansion, and I was gonna be like I was I was gonna be Pablo Escobar, but for Nutcrackers. Yeah. And, yeah. Like, <laughs> and every year around this time, I'm like, yo, it's getting warm, let's do it. He's like, chill, dogs. But I might. <laughs> yeah. It's it's tempting. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so I'm tempting like, to do man. shit like that. Oh man, man, that's so hilarious. Well, that, man, this is dope, man. I'm, I'm, I'm super happy we got to connect because it, it yeah, it's, man. it's inspirational and it, I think it's motivational to kind of, you know, chop it up with people who've been doing this for a minute who are still at it, you know, because there's a lot of people who are not at it anymore too, right? 
there's a lot of people who've fallen off. Um, yeah. You know, and it's easy to do. You start a family, whatever, you, you get responsibilities, and, and it's totally understandable. I'm not trying to shit on anybody at all. Um, no, but, that's the, but see, that's, yeah. that's the other thing. You were talking about failing up. That's the other thing, not stopping. A lot of people get to a certain level, and then they, they let life get in the way when it's like the longer you go, the more wise we are, the skills are getting sharper, the opportunities. I mean, hello, as much as we want to say the opportunities, the opportunities are getting better and yeah. better. So I agree yeah. with you. And that's why like, we, we bond because even though we've only spoken a couple of times and I like, but we've been in that journey together. So we know, yeah. we know. Yeah. We, yeah. 2007, we were in that same space, bro. We've yeah. had yeah. I was everywhere that year. But it's so crazy. And that's like, that's like, you know, it, it brings up something that I haven't even thought about. But it's like when you're in a journey with someone for so long, like you're 2007, that's four, that's 14 years. It's, yeah, it's yeah. silent. Like we're like in the same tunnel, but like cut in half. I can't see you, but we've been there. So without even talking <laughs> about osmosis, we are like common and we have that bond because we've been doing that same journey. So it's amazing. It's, yeah. it's, it's really dope. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, I, I wish you the best. I do think we need to work on something together. Maybe I, when we come up for air. I'm down. I'm down. I'm with it. I'm with yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. That's we, something we gotta, that has to happen. East yeah. coast, West coast, uh, yeah, yeah. Mexican Caribbean, because I think that that, I mean, I don't know if whoever's developing and kudos for them, but I think that that is sort of a missing thing where it's like either a film or a TV show that bridges the two together. And then, each side is like the audience, like like how your boy did the Spanish, you know, Dominican Puerto Rican thing. Like there could be a character, and it's gonna be like local. You know, you're lucky you're my brother-in-law, but yo, you know what I mean. So I think there needs to be that. <laughs> I've been saying that for like even with Frankie Quinones, Cholo. I've been like, yo, East yeah, Coast, yeah. West Coast, yeah. man. We will bridge it together because all the slangs will be taught. Everything, everything will be like, okay, I get it. You know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tight, man. Tight. All right. Well, I'll let you go, man. It is is really dope talking to you. Thank you for joining um, the podcast. Where can people uh, follow you and whatnot? What's your what's your IG handle and all that stuff? Yeah, Juan Bago everywhere. Uh, Juan Bago on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, everywhere. Uh, I will be having announcements coming up in the next few months, so stay tuned. But yeah, yeah, Juan Bago. Dope, man. Thank you so much for joining the podcast. Everybody, please go follow Wambago. Thanks for listening to this episode. And uh, please, you know, share, like, subscribe, all that shit. And uh, keep it real, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us.